beginning, God. Being the artist, designer, writer, architect, and maker that he is, created the heavens, the seas, and the land. And he saw all that he had made, and it was good. Now being the creator of all this, made him the rightful ruler, governor, authority, landowner of all this territory. And his desire for all of this land, this territory, was that it would be a flourishing and fruitful place. And so he filled it with every kind of grass, tree, flower, and animal imaginable. And the land, his territory, became a beautiful place to be. But God wasn't finished with this land that he'd made. No, for out of this land, he chose to form his greatest masterpiece, humanity. For God chose to form humanity from the very land that he had created. And he breathed into them his breath of life. And humans became living souls. For it was this breath that caused humanity to live. Without this, this God breath, well, we would just be formed pieces of land. You know, like a field or, or a garden bed or a pant pot. For this, his breath, this God breath, this special treasure buried inside these pieces of land, like a seed, his image and his likeness, giving these pieces of land the potential to grow and become just like him. And so, just like children who can so often grow up to look like their parents, so too these pieces of living land were given the potential to grow and become children of God. And if children of God, they would also become heirs to his territory. So as children to the rightful landowner God, God chose to bless them telling them to be fruitful and to multiply and to have dominion and authority over the land from which they had been formed. For his desire for these living, breathing pieces of land, his land-formed children, was that they would have life and peace and hope and a future and that they would have it more abundantly. And so humanity was given the potential to become beautiful, 
flourishing and fruitful people to be around. Until one day when something happened that changed all that. You see, you see, God had an enemy, this serpent, who had once before tried to overthrow God and take his rule, but it hadn't ended well for this serpent, and he had been cast out from the presence of God, left to roam to and fro. Well, you see, this enemy had been watching, watching God with this new land, that he'd made and these land-formed children that he'd so, so fondly formed and he feared it. You see, God was extending the borders of his territory and this, this would ultimately squeeze him out. So the enemy moved to take dominion and authority of this land away from God's land-formed children. And then he would rule as landowner over all that God had created. And so this serpent, being more cunning than any beast of the land which the Lord God had made, said to the land child called woman, has God really said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now let's just stop for a moment and notice how this serpent has staged his attack against this land-formed woman. Has he come blazing in with powerful weapons of battle? You know, attacking her with health problems, the dreaded bombs of disease or infirmity. Or what about the missiles of economic distress? Or the hand grenades of relationship tension? No, he has simply brings his battle to her through her mind, her thoughts, her beliefs, with a simple little question. Has God really said? Has God really said that he'd look after you? Has God really said that he'd be faithful to you? Has God really said he'd always be there? Has God really said that he loves you, that you matter and that he cares? Has God really said that he's got a good future for you, filled with good things? Has God said? Has God really said? This simple little question became the arrow that subtly caused this God-formed piece of land, this land child called woman, to weaken, causing doubt to slowly creep into her mind like a fine mist stirring up worry and fear and uncertainty about God, about his desire for her and his heart towards her. And so this land-formed child of God 
gave up her blessing from God and her authority over the land from which she'd been formed. For a simple piece of fruit. And in that moment, God was cut off from his land, his territory. This territory that he had formed and created. And no longer was he the landowner. And all the dominion and authority to rule over this land that that had been given to us passed to the serpent, God's enemy. And he became known as the prince and the ruler of this land. And being now the landowner of this territory, he ravaged the land with all of his hate and loathing. For his desire for the land was to steal, kill, and to destroy it. For this serpent is nothing but a thief, a liar, and a destroyer of all that is good. And so all would have been lost. But for Jesus. When was the last time you thought about taking a breath? Isn't it funny that for something that's so incredibly vital to our survival, we barely ever think about it. We do it 26,000 to 30,000 times a day, and yet when I drop my little boy off to school, it's not as if I say, oh, see you, have a great day, don't forget to breathe. (laughs) Maybe I should. (laughs) Isn't that funny? We barely ever think about breathing. Jewish tradition actually believes that breathing is far more than just an act of survival. Think about this for a second. Really early on in the Bible, in in the book of Exodus, God reveals his name to Moses. Now, it's a big thing to reveal your name to somebody, isn't it? Because when you reveal your name to somebody else, you're opening up an opportunity for a relationship to happen. We generally are resistant to give our name and personal detail to someone if we don't want a relationship with them. And yet when we do give them to somebody, we're kind of giving them permission to have a relationship with us. So it's a big deal for God to reveal his name to Moses and then, therefore, the rest of us as well. Let's read about it. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 to 15. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. God's name is I Am. When we read that in our English Bibles, 
it appears as capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Lord, but in all capitals. It appears over 6,000 times in the Bible, this name of God, I am. In Hebrew, which is the language that it was originally written in, it's also four letters, Yod, He, Va, He. Or in English, that would be Y-H-V-H. Now, many of us would probably say, well, that's uh, Yahweh. And we know that kind of name of God as, as Yahweh. But ancient rabbis kind of saw these letters as, as sort of vowel sounds. And to put these all together in one word was quite strange. Because it was kind of unpronounceable. In fact, if you were to try and pronounce it, it would just sound like breathing. Yod, hey, va, hey. Interesting. God's name sounds like breathing. So when, when God breathed life into Adam and Eve, it was almost as if it was an artist signing his name at the bottom of a painting. God placed his name inside of each and every one of us so that every time we breathe, we reflect the name of God. We proclaim the name of our Creator 26,000 to 30,000 times a day, give or take. How cool is that? Even, even animals, when they breathe, they are announcing to the world around them who their Creator is. Yod, hey, fa, hey. Think about this for a second. When a baby is born, and I've had the privilege of being at the birth of my two children. When a baby is first born, what's the first thing it has to do in order to survive? Breathe. It needs to breathe. It needs to breathe. Or it needs to say the name of God in order to live. Or think about this. When we die, is it because we stop breathing or is it that we stop proclaiming the name of our creator it gives whole new meaning to psalm 150 where in verse 6 says let everything that has breath praise the lord let everything that has breath Praise Yahweh. Yod, hey, va, hey. When have you just taken a breath? You might be thinking, well, doesn't God want us to choose to worship Him? 
I certainly don't think about all those times. Every time I take a breath, I don't really think about it. Uh, when I do, I don't think about the fact that I might be worshipping God. It's, does, doesn't God want us to choose to worship Him? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why God has given us the opportunity to experience another creation, a new creation, a re-creation through Jesus. You see, when Jesus died and rose again, he gave us the opportunity to choose to start afresh, to choose to be born again, to be created again. In the New Testament, in the book of 2 Corinthians, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. When we accept Jesus into our lives, we have been recreated. You want to know something really cool? I looked at the very first time that this recreation happened. Jesus had died, he had risen again, and he had appeared to his disciples. Let's read what happens. It's in John chapter 20, verses 21 to 22. Again, he said, this is Jesus, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them. Wait. <laughs> he breathed on them? Some bells go. I've heard this before. You mean to say that God breathed life into Adam and Eve? creation and Jesus breathes on us at a recreation well then he said receive the Holy Spirit and this is where I get really excited because the New Testament right is written in Greek and the Greek word for spirit is pneuma and it's the same word that they use for breath. When we choose to be recreated through what Jesus did for us on the cross, Jesus breathes on us and we receive a new breath. We receive the Holy Spirit, the holy breath, God's breath inside of us. It's almost as if God himself is breathing through us. Just like we cannot physically live without physical breath, we can't spiritually live without spiritual breath. When we receive this breath in us, the, the Bible tells us many things that happen. But one, for instance, is that the Holy Spirit sanctifies us. Sanctifying is just a fancy big word for kind of cleansing, the act of cleaning us out from the inside out. If God is breathing through us, that breath, that holy, perfect breath cleans us out gets rid of all that grit and dirt and muck that has gathered over the years. Another thing that happens in, in Romans, he talks about um, our minds are renewed. 
We experience a renewing of the mind when we receive this breath. Or, or later on in the New Testament, it talks about how our behavior and our, our attitudes change because uh, if we're breathing in and out God's spirit, God's breath, then uh, we naturally experience fruit. Fruit that reflect who God is. So just as our physical breath reflects the name of God, Our spiritual breath reflects the very nature of God. When we're running a marathon, not all of us run marathons, I don't run a marathon, but I know a few people who do run marathons and they say how important breathing is. You you cannot go the distance unless you breathe, (laughs) but unless you breathe properly. There's a rhythm to it. There's a very important structure to breathing in a big marathon. We are in a spiritual marathon. And if we don't breathe that spiritual breath, we won't make it to the end. Or what about a fighter? A fighter in a battle. If they don't breathe, they're dead. We are all in a spiritual battle. As Tony so beautifully put it, God has rightful ownership over everything that he has created, right? And yet it fell into the wrong hands because we stuffed it up. And, and God has ultimately won the war through what Jesus did on the cross. But the enemy continues to fight and the enemy continues to attack. And, and we're on God's army and we are fighting. And so we need to expect attack. The enemy attacks our minds because it's the easiest target. It's the most efficient way to get to us. Through lies, deceit, tricks, doubts. You know what we need to do? This This whole series, this four week series, talks about this battle that's going on in our minds. And we're going to give you some steps to um, equip you to fight that battle properly and to come out the other side still breathing. But you know what? The very first thing we need to do when we feel like we're being attacked is to breathe. It's to breathe. When was the last time you thought about taking a breath? We're about to sing this song again uh, from the start. 
and we sang this earlier. It's all about how great God is, but it talks about how it's God's breath in our lungs. It's God's Spirit in our lungs. It's as if He's breathing through us. So our only reaction is to just pour out our praise. Maybe there's some people here today that that's not true for. Maybe you haven't experienced a recreation. Perhaps you have never accepted Jesus and never have accepted God's breath inside of you. Well, we want to give you the opportunity to do that. So as we sing this song, I encourage you, why don't you come down to the front? There'll be people here that can pray with you. It's, it might seem a bit scary, but God never wants to scare us. God is a comforter. He's a peace bringer. He's an encourager. He puts courage in us. He never wants to scare us. So don't be afraid to come down and, and receive. We want to pray with you. It would be an honor for us to pray with you that you might be recreated and that you might accept for the very first time God's breath inside of you. But you know what? There's probably some other people here who maybe you've just felt like you're in this marathon and, and you haven't breathed for a few miles. <laughs> and you might just feel out of breath. Maybe you're just puffing as hard as you can and maybe you feel tired. Maybe you feel like you don't know how you're going to get to the end. Maybe you feel like just stopping altogether. Well, we also want to pray with you. And if, if that's you, if you feel like you're just out of breath, you need to just catch up. You need to just pause and just take a few deep breaths of God's Spirit and catch up and then go again. We're happy to pray with you during this song. But as we sing, why don't we reflect on the fact that it's God's breath in our lungs. It's God's breath in our lungs. And maybe this is an opportunity for you to take a nice, deep breath.